this week on Low Earth Orbit, we review Saving Mr. Banks. Winds in the east, mist coming in, like something is brewing, about to begin. Ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning our descent into Los Angeles. Welcome, Mrs. P.L. Travers, to the City of Angels. It smells like jasmine, chlorine, and sweat. <laughs> Introducing the creator of our beloved Mary. Poppins. Never ever just Mary. Now, where is Mr. Disney? She's here. Well, Pamela Travers. You can't imagine how excited I am to finally meet you. Would you mind? My name is Mrs. Travis, Mr. Disney. Oh, Walt, now you gotta call me Walt. 20 years ago, I made a promise to my daughters that I would make your Mary Poppins fly off the pages of your books. I promised them, man. I know what he's going to do. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 23. I'm Steve Marmon. I'm Scott Stevenson. I'm Justin Voss. And today we're going to review the film Saving Mr. Banks. So this is a movie about P.L. Travers, who is the author of the children, the original children's stories about Mary Poppins. And uh, it's primarily about uh, the fact that Walt Disney had been had wanted to adapt these children's books uh, for the screen for like 20 years. He started in the 40s. He bugged her every single year for 20 years, trying to convince her to let him adapt these. And it wasn't until the 60s that she finally relented and agreed to fly out to California to work with him to make this adaptation. And it doesn't go terribly smoothly, and um, hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that's, that's basically the, uh, the gist of the film. It uh, stars Emma Thompson and Tom Hanks as P.L. Travers and Walt Disney, respectively. And it is uh, directed by John Lee Hancock, who uh, seems to be most known for directing and writing The Blind Side. Mm-hmm. Um, which I haven't seen, but I hear is good also. And um, so with that, uh, let's start with you, Scott. What do you think? Uh, so the the thing, we, we had an episode back in like September where we talked about upcoming movie trailers. And what I remember about when we talked about this one is none of, well, I shouldn't say none of us. Justin and I were not that interested in the movie because we, we, like, it didn't seem on the surface level I think I don't know if I'm speaking for both of us, but we kind of said, "Okay, well, that's there," but we wouldn't go out of our way to go see it. And then we both saw the trailer, mm. and I think we both were like, "Holy crap, this actually this could be good." Yeah, the trailer totally changed my mind. Yeah. about what kind of movie this was going to be? Yeah. So if you go back, uh, you know, go back to July or whatever before we saw it, and then now, I, I don't think I would have believed you that the movie was anything like this. I mean, this is one of the most ridiculously amazing movies I think I've ever seen. It it totally took me by surprise, blew me away. Um, it, it's it's kind of hard to sort of like hone in on specific things that are amazing about it because there's just so many amazing elements. Uh, the, the entire, there's like this like greater than the sum of its parts kind of thing happening. And I mean, the, the acting is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. The writing is amazing. I mean, it's in, in some ways it's, it's like the, the, yeah, it's hard to say it's the perfect movie, but it's got all the elements of a perfect movie. And, um, I mean, there are points where I was kind of like, I was like, it took every ounce of energy for me to not like start bawling <laughs> at certain points because there's, there's this thing that you don't expect. I don't, this is no spoiler stuff, but there is part of the, the plot device of the movie is that they, they flash back to PL Travers 
childhood, which seems to be mostly historically accurate, as far as we can tell. Um, so they're, they're kind of balancing between her her childhood past and then showing you how it matches up to Mary Poppins, uh, the the actual book in the movie. And it's so incredibly effective. I mean, it's it it totally like slams you on the ground um, with some really super emotional moments. But and, and there are some moments where it's very sad. But the the uplifting moments are so powerful and overwhelming that it's. I mean, it's it had like this emotional effect on me, and and to the degree, and this almost never happens, but the, to the degree that me thinking about the experience of seeing the movie in itself will kind of, I think, be sort of a long term experience. Um, and uh, I, I mean, just everything about it. I mean, the this was the other rare thing that happened this time that um, stood out is I I remember coming back, uh, driving back after the movie, and I realized that I totally forgot at some point in the midst of the movie that it was Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson. Like, it, in my brain, it had flipped over to, oh, yeah, this is Walt Disney and P.L. Travers, which is almost never happens, and it's one of the most distracting things to, typically for me with, with big actors. It's like, oh, yeah, Tom Cruise is whatever this time, but I totally forgot that. He, you know, Tom Hanks completely nailed it, um, and, and so did she, and it was, I mean, it's just a phenomenal movie. I, I could go on and on and on <laughs> about all the reasons, but uh, I would not have expected earlier in the year that I would have... Loved it. And this is, I mean, I, I cannot say enough, enough good things about it. What about you, Justin? What do you think? Deco, a lot of what Scott said. I really enjoyed it. Um, I have a few nitpicks, but overall, I just think it was really, really good. Um, I think that it's actually surprisingly laugh out loud funny. Like yeah. the parts that are funny. Yeah. Are it was really, huge surprise. The parts that are funny are really funny. And the parts that are emotional are really emotional. Like this just nails it, I think, on Everything it sets out to do, I think it does a really good this job. This sets a new high bar in the heartfelt comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was really cool to be able to get to see it before it's in theaters. Um, to sort of like – and to be in an in audience with people who are like really you know into that kind of stuff. It was cool. I felt like the audience was like really into it. Yeah. Which is th- th- It is a low earth orbit first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then we actually got to, see, we got to see an early screening, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in theaters, December twentieth. Yes, <laughs> which is not today, <laughs> or not in the past. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the, I mean the thing. The, one one of the moments. Am I cutting you off from? No. Okay. The, the, one of the things that really stood out for me is you're used to in theaters hearing, you know, when there's a funny line delivered or whatever, you're used to hearing. Yeah, you're laughing and the other people are laughing, and it, that's sort of part of the theater experience. But the thing I don't remember ever happening, as far as I can remember. Is the particularly at the end of the movie, people were there were so many people crying that all you could hear in the theater was sniffling. And I was like, I was like, holy crap! I, I thought it was just me. Like I was like, I was literally concerned about. It. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start bawling any second here. I can't do this in front of in front of Justin and Steve. Uh, but and then I was like, I couldn't even tell. I, it was hard for me to identify places in the theater where that was not happening at the end. But it, but it's amazing because it's not. Typically, that happens because it's something really sad, but it's this weird, like, by the end of the movie, I, I think it's ultimately a very positive and uplif- uplifting movie, but there's definitely moments that are very bittersweet, and it, you're, you have very conflicted, concurrent emotions, and I think that's, people just, like, their emotions are just flowing out, <laughs> and it's just, you know, um, so I, I, that's something that I didn't expect. I, I was very aware of it. The um, thing we should say is that Steve is a, which he didn't say... <laughs> Longtime Mary Poppins fan, and we're we're only seeing the movie. I think we we might have missed it if it wasn't for Steve kind of reminding us that it could be really good. So, 
Yeah, I was on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was when I first heard that they are doing a film about this. I was, I was actually kind of worried because I had just seen the stage adaptation of Mary Poppins, the Broadway musical, mm-hmm. which I had wanted to see for years and years. Because what's, what's it called? It's just called Mary Poppins, oh, the musical. It's very convenient. <laughs> that makes it easy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I had—I mean, I loved Mary Poppins when I was growing up. I loved the music up from it. You know, I loved the, the story. I, and I, I thought it was just—you know—as a, as a kid, I wanted to like have like the sort of magical experience that you know these kids got and the sort of great escape they got from their sort of dreary life. You know, and so I—you I, know—I had missed on multiple occasions being able to see Mary Poppins. Like I was, you know, at the wrong place at the wrong time, and just just missed the production. So I finally saw NSF when it was um, playing this fall, and it was a huge disappointment. I, I really didn't, you know, didn't really enjoy it. You know, they, they, took, they took the movie and they shuffled all the songs are all around. So, like, the songs that, like, like the, in the end, the, you know, Let's Go Fly a Kite, like, that amazing, uplifting final song was, like, in the middle as this, like, minor Whoa. sort of thing and a different songs at the end. And they, like, they tried to squeeze every song in. Like, they sort of forced them all in. And, like, some of them didn't really fit, but they kind of wanted to get them all in. So they put them all in somewhere and the order was all different. And... And uh, it didn't have the emotional impact them, that the that the film did. You know, they sort of spliced some of the. They made it more like the book in some ways, and and um, and it. I was just really kind of burned on it. I, I did not really enjoy it that much. Um, I didn't, it wasn't it wasn't funny at all. It wasn't that moving. Whoa. Yeah, it was like I, we watched the whole thing. And I was like, wow, this is just like it all kind of tarnished my memory of Mary Poppins. And so I was like, man, you know, is this going to happen again? <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, the version you saw, maybe the version that Peel Travers wanted. <laughs> in fact, yeah, like for example, like she in the film, they talk about how much she doesn't want the you know animated penguins in this in the in the film, you know. And in fact, the penguins are completely excised from the the stage mm. production. And instead, they're, they replace it with a scene which is in the books, which has to do with these like dancing statues, which is really like boring and kind of creepy, and it doesn't really work with the Mary Poppins like I don't know feel. Um, but so I watched the movie, and you know, like like both you guys, I really really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. I think one of the best films I've seen all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, n- none of the mistakes that the play the, that the stage production used. You know, and and speaking of the, you know the music, I felt like unlike with the stage production, where they sort of I felt like they had to stuff all the songs in because people were expect them. Here, they actually again included all the songs, but they they didn't feel forced. Yeah, you know, they they often you know were, would be in scenes where they were rehearsing them, or trying to you know cre- to to write the songs, and I, I thought they really like worked really well. And actually, a lot of the soundtrack is actually the soundtrack from Mary Poppins. Yeah. Well, so I, just to be clear, I was talking about the score. I mean, they're, but they're both very good. Yeah, yeah, But the yeah. score is Thomas Newman, who has done everything. Yeah, Thomas Newman but, is fantastic. But, yeah. you know, it actually sounded very similar to the Finding Nemo uh, score to me, which was the same guy. Yeah. But he's done American Beauty and all. Yeah, no. Right. The, the score overall is really good. But it, it actually, like, you know, there are notes from the Mary Poppins songs that actually appear yeah. in oh, the yeah. score itself, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting that he, like, wrote the score, which is really, like, sort of a, you know, homage to the Mary yeah. Poppins score, yeah. and in many cases just directly using a lot of the Mary Poppins songs, but in a way that really feels natural with the film, yeah. which I really like that a lot. But I love those songs. Yeah, so you're, the only the clarification there is that there are there's certain scenes where you basically are seeing, you know, quote-unquote behind the scenes where they're, they're trying out yes. the songs in front of P.L. Travers, but in addition to that, you're saying they mix in some of the melodies into the score of the movie. Yes, yes, yeah. they do both of those things, which is, well, that was really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and I also like, I, like you, uh, towards the end of the film, I, I, it occurred to me, wait, this is Tom Hanks playing. Yeah, it's Walt Disney. Forget. And I like tried to like think, oh, this is this is Forrest Gump or this is Jim Lovell. Like, <laughs> no, it isn't. I could I couldn't in my mind like reconcile that he would play these three different characters. 
Yeah. And maybe it's because he's also because he gained a little bit of weight for the role. Um, and so that there I mean, was something going on. Yeah, but like I don't I don't know what it was, but like I couldn't. I, I remember at the, at the, you know towards the end, like trying to like force my brain to like reconcile the fact that he also played Forrest Gump, and he does. It's just there were such such you know worlds apart, and you know he's so completely embodied Walt Disney. It's all in the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might be right on something there. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and performances I thought were really great across the board too. I mean, not just not just Walt Disney, yeah, yeah. but you Emma did. Thompson. I mean, she's always fantastic. I, yeah. I love Emma Thompson. So she was I, that was that may be the most perfect casting I can imagine for that role. Yeah, I mean, she is probably right, perfectly suited for that. <laughs> the other thing is that it made me want to a see Mary Poppins again, and b really want to go to Disneyland again. And I don't know, it, there there was something about the sort of the reminder of what that feels like and particularly through this particular lens you know they had this this amazing shot where you know he, again tom hanks as walt disney but my brain didn't remember that it was <laughs> tom hanks as walt disney where he's standing in front of the park and he's like signing stuff and there was almost like a second like a a little bonus fun thing which is to see the the fake 1960s disney with walt disney in it it's like a little extra Kind of mini movie, you know. Yeah, for me. there's that amazing scene where like the gates open oh, and he's standing there, so and like good, the entire yeah. like theater just gasped in yeah, like delight, yeah. you know, at the really like, waves. <laughs> just like wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, there were there were such powerful reactions for the audience for for the moments that I think really were intended to have really powerful reactions, and the constant juxtaposition of like the growing up of P.L. Travers with like the the current time, it was so effective. Because you keep getting bounced back and forth, and like your emotions can't. Settle. Yeah, yeah. I often don't like that. I kind of at the beginning, I wasn't, I wasn't liking it. I felt, felt, felt myself like sort of getting sucked into it, like almost inadvertently. Like I, I wanted to dislike the flashback scenes, but then like it just kept pulling me in. And, well, and actually, it's, it's <laughs> funny because it's not just used as like a story mechanic. Like even in their own right, it, even just a movie with just those would be magical. I mean, there's some moments that are just again transcendent. Yeah, no, there there, there are some really good ones. Yeah. I agree. I think, and some really great acting, too. I like had Colin Farrell, yeah. j- just for the flashback scenes. I was like, I've never seen anything I liked. And I was like, he just totally stole that that whole... He's a, he can be a really fantastic actor. He just, unfortunately, stars in a lot of really bad movies. Yeah, might be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his new agent is weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, I felt the same way at the very beginning about the flashbacks. Because it feels like in the beginning, the flashbacks come really quickly. They, it goes back and forth especially fast. And I was like, oh, man, this is kind of obnoxious. But then they're actually really good and so yeah. you don't mind so much but at first i was like man this is a lot of back and forth but yeah there were there were I mean, some of those interactions with the daughter i was just i was like <laughs> ruined me i mean there, there was just it was so so intense and even and by the way that girl phenomenal actor for for her age like ridiculously good i mean you you are lucky to get at that level like 30 or something like that i mean she was i mean she was what 12, maybe? 13? Something like that? Uh, probably younger than that. Really? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, um, you, you said for the, so the, 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 her mom, the, uh, you know, uh, you said you'd seen her in another, in some other show. Is she as tragic? Like, I mean, I, I've never, she, she has this, like, yeah. she always seemed like she was in the middle On of a breakdown. Of yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and no. I didn't know if that was just her face or she was just really, like, you know, like, that's what she always is or she was just really, you know, acting like, so this really sort of brittle sort of. Well, I, th- you know, I think she, the, the impression I was left with there is that, well, th- there's a lot more that we could say after the spoiler break. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot more we could say, but yeah. it, I, I, I think the thing you're trying, they're trying to get across is she's kind of been through a lot with that situation and just 
acting really good. I mean, I would assume. I know what you're saying. There, it kind of yeah. looks like it's written on her face as opposed to just acting. Yeah, it's one of those things where quite, every scene she's like that. And yeah. I, so, there's some actors that just sort of like look happy all the time. Or yeah. sad, like Sandra Bullock has this problem. She looks a little too happy all the time. She has to work extra hard to like be distressed, you know. And yeah. maybe this little girl just looks really distressed all the time. And so I couldn't really tell. Or she was doing a really good job acting, which sounds like she was. Yeah, so I, I cannot remember the actress's name. But she's also in the BBC, BBC show Luther. And in that show, she's a bit more um, psychopathic. Uh, <laughs> she's um, – I can't say too much because it will spoil the first episode. But, you know, she's a little unhinged and, you know, like is a sort of devious like person and not at all the same character that she plays right. here. And I feel like she did a good job with both of them. So I think she just has good range. Cool. Um, all right. So – oh, uh, oh, wait. So I – I want to talk about just two nitpicks, which are not spoilers, so we can sure. do before the spoiler break. So w- one of my nitpicks, and Steve mentioned this earlier, is that the um, – well, maybe this is a spoiler. We'll save that one for the spoiler break. But the, my one nitpick that is definitely not a spoiler is that um, I felt like she was uh, – P.L. Travers in the movie was so incredibly, like, negative about the whole, like, process that it got really annoying. Like, at a certain point, I was like – Okay, I get it. You're not happy with the interpretation. Like, lay off. Like, move to the next plot point in the movie. Like, I felt like sort of, I guess, like the second act of the movie feels super long to me because it feels like it's just the same scene over and over. Like, she's in the room. They're pitching ideas to her. She hates them. And and then they cave. And then she comes back the next day and they pitch these ideas and she hates them and they cave. And, like, it's just that over and over and over. And it's like... I don't, I don't know if we needed to see them, that scene, over and over again to get the point that she was being uncooperative it, during the it process. Se- I mean, it seemed maybe as someone who's been through the creative process on both sides of that, it, it seemed appropriate to me, I guess. Well, but the fact that it happens in real life doesn't mean that it makes it for a good movie, right? I mean, hmm. like, I just— I didn't—yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I don't remember it ever bothering me because there were always little, like, flourishes here and there to sort of lighten the situation. Sure. Um, I mean, it made for good, like, you know, material to, like, make it funny, mm-hmm. right? Because she could be mean right. in kind of hilariously British ways. Yeah. But I, I feel— <laughs> We love our British listeners. <laughs> yeah. But, like, just, I don't know. At a certain point, I was just a little, almost like, almost bored. I was like, I don't know. I'm not—I I'm, feel like I'm seeing the same scene over and over. And, yeah. like, I'm—you know, it's kind of yeah. funny because I'm seeing, like, new interpretations of her not liking it. But I was like, man, like, I feel like— the movie is like just stuck in second gear right now. I, I really wish that we yeah. could get I guess the feeling I was left with there was that they were trying to communicate how incredibly hard it was, and that was their technique. And I could, yeah. I, could I, I, I fully understand what you're saying. Um, I, I don't think I, it occurred to me that it was ever bored as a consequence of it. But I, I felt like it was getting old as well. I mean, I think the only reason I didn't mind it too much is I just loved Emma Thompson's delivery yeah. of all of that. It was so entertaining. Like, I could just watch her do that all day long, which I probably couldn't. It was about, it was about <laughs> the maximum. But, you know, if, if it had been anyone else, I would have, you know, I would have, you know, been done with that about halfway through. And, you know, she's managed to make it so that it was it was tolerable all the way through. And, and it actually entertaining because of her deliveries and the, except the funny Britishisms. But it did feel like after a while, I was like, are they going to keep, how long do they keep going with this? You know, like it. You know, I was. I'm enjoying it still, but it's still like I've been doing this for a really long time. So um, I have to agree with that. And my other, I have some criticisms as well, but they are also, I think, more appropriate after the spoiler break. It's spoilerish. Yeah. So I think we can pretty safely say we're recommending this one. 
Yes, I think uh, <laughs> this may be our most positive movie review yet, maybe? Yeah, so go see it. Might be. Yeah. That's the simple one. Um, it's a great movie to go and see with your family on the holidays. Yeah, although, yeah. I, I was I was thinking about that in the back of my mind. It's like there there is there are two particularly difficult moments that like for really young kids it might be too much i think it's pg-13 isn't it yeah i think it is actually i mean because the, they're definitely after the spoiler break we have to talk about it, but there are some pretty intense moments particularly for kids that you know might be going through something similar yeah, it's true one of the best parts about being an adult is never having to care what a movie is rated you can just go see it i know <laughs> <laughs> don't even have to show id yeah. all right that's all we have for today you can watch the film when it comes out in theaters on december 20th and we recommend that you do uh, you can, in the meantime, send us feedback at feedback at lowearthorbit.fm or find us on Twitter at lowearthshow. And uh, in case you didn't know, you can find our show notes on our website, uh, again, lowearthorbit.fm. And now we're on to the spoilers. All right, now we're going to talk about some spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, please go out and watch it first and come back. We'll be here. Uh, God, there was so there, it was such an emotional, insane ride. Like the the thing I thought that was really, really effective is near the end. Like I, I didn't know any of the backstory of P.L. Travers and like how Mary Poppins came about and everything. And at the end, they really start hitting you with here's the thing that happened in her life. You know, they they had I, I don't even know really was it a nanny that showed up. Uh, I think that was her was aunt. Her aunt. The yeah. aunt. The aunt that supposedly was turned into a hen. I suspect was the one who. Oh, actually, okay. Yeah, up. the one. Yeah, the one that, that he didn't really like and was trying to convince her not to, not to bring. Eventually showed up, and it was. And you can even the the kids in the audience. I, I thought this was really cool because the movie came out. God, when, when did it came out in sixties? Right, so like sixty one or sixty two. So it, right? it was really interesting because there were kids in the audience that were seeing. Obviously, had just seen the movie or remembered it recently because they saw the stuff that kept happening in the in PL Travers like flashbacks and they're like oh that's the the cane you know that that's the mm-hmm. she opens her back like that and they were they were totally getting that and that was effective not just from uh wow they they pulled this off this this thing that almost couldn't have worked right because it came out so long ago and you're not sure if kids have seen the movie right that that's potentially a problem but even as you know us having the more adult experience like the oh that's why she feels that way about that like I didn't know any of that backstory I didn't know she had had this situation with her dad and um and like they they had basically been you know cast into this different part in this remote area of the country and it's like that stuff hits so much more and most importantly by the time the, I, I I lost my shit at the end of the movie when she was in the theater and she she was crying mm-hmm. and I was just everybody you could just hear in, in the audience everybody was crying and uh, the you could you felt those emotions like when she when they got to the end of the movie and they were doing the whole go fly your kite thing i, I lost my stuff i mean it was, that was the end and you said though steve you or i don't know if it was justin that they said the ending changed in the movie compared to real life yeah in real life uh i mean the end the thing where she actually like wasn't invited and then she had to go ask for an invitation like that actually happened but the even after that, she was she wasn't happy with the the film, and so like with the the stage production, she specifically wrote like in her will apparently that like only English um, playwrights could work on it, and no one that had been associated with the film at all was allowed to work on the stage ad- adaptation. And they ended up cutting out a bunch of things that she really didn't like from the film, like the you know the penguin sequence and things like that were just removed completely. Yeah, um, and it was sort of it, it, I don't know if this is intentional, but there was this weird recursive effect where they. There was a scene in the movie where they're basically saying, or, you know, P.L. Travers is saying, 
why, why did you have to make him such a horrible person? Why did you have to make Mr. Banks such a horrible person? You know, why, why can't he is a good person, you know, like represent that, make him a good person. And in a way, I, I kind of felt, I don't know if this is intentional, but it seems like they kind of applied that to the movie itself, to, to Saving Mr. Banks, because it, it, I think I would have had a completely different reaction to it if it ended up with her not liking the movie. Right. Well, it, it's that's the emotional payoff at the end of the movie. It's like this entire journey of her horrible life, you know, er, early on and and all the trials and tribulations that Disney went through. And that that, by the way, that scene where he's talking about his relationship with his dad and that that whole thing. I didn't even know about that. And that wasn't even the part of the that wasn't the main plot of the movie. And that hit me. So when they get to all that and then at the end, have you been to the, the Walt Disney Museum? I haven't. No, you should go there because it actually has a lot of stuff of that nature, really? like about his his personal like family story and, and that stuff is actually covered in incredible detail at really? the Walt Disney Family Museum. It's, it's worth going to. Yeah, that, that whole monologue he had was ridiculously powerful. And by the, I think for me, I think the thing that really made it like pushed it into the upper echelon of like transcendent kind of kind of experience is the fact that at the end she had that like emotional release and like and particularly the part where he was talking about do you want to move past this and, and make this a good memory as opposed to a bad memory so i i mean i really respect that that creative decision that that parted from reality i don't know if everybody would agree with that but to me that, that, I, yeah i think it was better for it like i i don't know that yeah i think it would have a very different flavor had she still not liked it at the end i mean i like that, that she was still seemed annoyed by the animation at the end yeah yes that, that whole scene which was, is the fact the thing that she hated the most in real life too yeah. you know but but yeah, she wasn't I, telling the truth right when she i mean i, I assume that was the case when yeah, yeah i think she was she was i think in the movie it's it's sort of intended to kind of you know yeah you, so she, it, she's crying and disney leans over and he's like what's or she he's saying it's okay it's okay and yeah. she's like i just hate the animation yeah. or something like that um but uh yeah i think i i think it was the right choice to go and sort of yeah, bend, the, bend the truth a little bit at the end and have her actually seem to embrace the film as opposed to like in in real in reality she still didn't like it and she refused to license anything at more at disney ever and yeah know. i cuz cuz i'm 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 was kind of thinking too it, it contrasts a little bit with you know the i remember seeing finding neverland and it's kind of the same sort of mechanic right where they're talking about it, it i think it's more embellished but they're talking about, you know, what was the process up to sort of writing this this story? But at the, it's ultimately a pretty sad movie, you know. And I, 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 I actually, I all, I really, really enjoyed Finding Neverland. I did too. Yeah. And I mean, I, I also like just like just like with with this movie, I teared up at the end of that one as well yeah, for different reasons. For yeah, me. but uh, like for, I didn't. In the end, I felt like that was still like a joyful, happy movie. Like I didn't feel like it was a sad movie in the same way. Yeah. And this one is. That one is more has more emotional impact than this one yeah. does, and, and has a sadder sort of finale to it. But I, I, I have kind of the same. I can't, came away with from both movies with a lot of the, sort of the same reaction. You know, mm-hmm. there's sad parts and good parts, but overall, it's like a joyful kind of experience. I, I think, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying with that. I, I guess the thing that that hit me is that when they, I'd never thought of or felt or seen the "Let's Go Fly a Kite" song in that way. It never had that extra layer of sort of emotional. I don't know how much of it was real and how much of it was just baked into the movie, but you know, having the subtext of why that was so powerful, at least for this version of the character, um, affected me. And it was, I mean, it's part of the reason I kind of wanted to see the movie again. And you know, that, that that was unexpected. That whole experience was unexpected. And the at, you get to the very end of the movie, past the sort of initial batch of credits, 
you want to say something, by the way? <laughs> I've stopped you from, I, I don't know if you're just being quiet. Or I, actually, I, before, we, before we go to the, onto the, like, credits, I think it deserves its, its own whole segment of yeah. the discussion. Mm-hmm. I was wanted to, we're talking about sort of nitpicks, you know, you had some other, another nitpick that you wanted to talk about. Well, you already mentioned it, which is okay. that, you know, the very, very end, which is her final reaction to the movie is a little divorced from reality, which yeah. I didn't know until we just looked it up on Wikipedia just now that, you know, she was still unhappy with the movie even after going through all this rigmarole. So, but would that? Do you think, based on your your frustration with her seeing that same creative, you know, her her temper tantrums or whatever mm-hmm. over and over again, if that happened at the end, would you would that have sort of been the final straw? It certainly makes her a better movie to have her seem to like it at the end. So I think that they probably made the right call. It's just a shame that they get all these things right. Except for the finale of the movie, <laughs> yeah. which is that she actually still doesn't like it. So you know, I understand why they did it because it, it, you know, it makes it a good ending. But it's just it's a shame that real life, does, I guess, doesn't have happy endings like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was my one other uh, spoilerish nitpick. So, so we're talking about the credits now. Like, yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing this this is, I think, the thing that that makes. You know, pushes the, the movie past the sort of the untouchable range is that you have that total emotional experience. And just when you think everything is done, there's like one extra little bonus thing that happens. So after the initial batch of credits. So in the first batch of credits, though, they they, they go through and show photographs. That's what I meant. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I but there are sort of poorly. two batches of special things in the credits. Yeah. So yeah. Are you, well, I forget which actually, I don't know. I can't remember so which happened so first. The, so first they show you the yes. photos of the people. And it's cool because I think, at least for the two leading actors, they show you the names of the actors, but photos of the real people. Yeah, which they did for Argo as well, right? Yeah, they did yeah. for Argo too. Yeah, and, yeah. and in, in both movies, they show them in some like they actually go out of their way to like show them in poses that actually mirror some of the scenes. Yeah, oh, nice. which That's is really cool. cool. Like That's I really cool. like that in, in yeah. both films. But it, you're left with the impression that it they, it was pretty close to what what they actually looked like and how they acted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Argo Argo takes a whole other level. Like Argo, they got found actors that looked a lot like the real people, and so they showed that at the end, like like you know the actors, and you're like, whoa, just it like looks them. like these guys are <laughs> back in time, you know? Like it, it, it was uh, uh, in here, it's not nearly as close. Uh, no, except maybe Tom Hanks actually does as a yeah. possible Walt Disney, but, but like, like not so much. But like I mean, like Jason Schwartzman, and no, like, like yeah. those guys didn't look at all the same, you no. know? And, yeah. So, but. Nobody knows who they look like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other really awesome, unexpected thing at the, 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 after the that. The double bonus. The double secret bonus <laughs> is Which that, you have to wait. So, by the way, yeah, see stick the movie, around. Do not leave. The, yeah, you get to the end of the movie, you got to stick around. Because um, one of the plot points of the movie is that she wants to record everything that's happening. Which in is the, hilarious. In the rehearsal room, which is hilarious. And then, at the end of the movie, they reveal that that actually happened. And they play you the tape the from the actual, actual rehearsal. And she really is. <laughs> she really is like crazy and controlling and negative, and it's hilarious. It's like, almost line for line in a couple of cases. It's really close. Like, uh, like obviously they use these tapes to help, like, yeah. you know, shape the performances of the actors because it's like exactly the same as it's portrayed in the movie. And I'm, awesome. I'm guessing they probably had the original like sketches and stuff up in the movie because they showed the same. Yeah, ones. yeah, and they looked really, really similar for the the, the photographs they showed of the sketches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but th- I mean, that goes on for a while, that tape thing. And it's like a, probably a good, what, minute and a half of like, or maybe even more than that? Maybe more, yeah. yeah. It's one of the strangest, strangest like credit sequences I think I've ever seen, but also probably the best. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> yeah. the, and the, I mean, even the, uh, you don't, at least I wouldn't want to undersell the the emotional impact of even just the, the initial bonus one, which is the photos. And you've kind of gone through this journey of 
the you know watching the premiere and like seeing these characters together and even in the back of your mind it's a little bit like well yeah i, I still kind of know it's fake but i'm still enjoying it and then they're like no 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 this actually happened and here's and they were like super happy and like you know you you felt that same magic again but you're like no but it was actually real and it, it kind of hits on a different level so i mean they're both awesome and i think probably the tape one wins just for the the sheer you know surprise of it but um but they're i mean both were incredible all right everybody well thanks for listening and uh we'll talk to you again next week see ya bye (laughs) by the way speaking of the after dark uh you know the like when you watch a movie and it has the bloopers at the end yeah they usually do like the little like break in between them yeah i've got that sound effect if you want it oh, like oh, so oh. that could be great <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we need that sound effect too <laughs> the one time i used the the, the uh the harmonica which actually uh... night i i that was awesome yeah. yes as soon as i heard that i was like nice <laughs> was, was this for the episode that involved the harmonica yes. oh, yes. Yes. we had just finished talking about harmonica hero <laughs> it was really good, actually. It was and there's great. like and it's great because there's a delay and you're like what <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you could say, you know, just very briefly, you'd say, and we'll have, you know, if you want to check out the show notes, you missed something. It's on the website. If you want to say anything at all, you want to say. I, I think mentioning the show notes are on the website is a good idea because we actually don't usually mention it. Like, yeah. you have to act- actively go to the website to know that it's yeah. there. So, so you, yeah. could, you could say, you know, feedback at Low Earth Orbit. You can get the show notes there and you can find us on Twitter. We've actually been starting to get some stuff on Twitter. So, And if you have any feedback, you can send it to us at feedback at lowearthorbit.fm. You can also send us feedback via Twitter at lowearthshow. And I'm forgetting something. Show notes. (laughs) Take two. And after you've watched it, you can come back and listen to our spoilers, which are after the jump. Um, But uh, for now, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. All right. Well, that's about all we have for today. Um, you can watch. <laughs> I keep f- forgetting the freaking name of the movie. No, I saw And uh, in the meantime, you can send us feedback at feedback at lowerthorbit.fm or on Twitter at lowerthshow. And uh, you can. Oh, damn it! <laughs> what is it? There's something Let's else. Show notes. <laughs> I texted it. Where are you? <laughs> uh, T- type whatever you want. Do you want to write it up here? I'll give sure. you text edit. Sure, yeah. It'll be easier for you me to type it on my phone. You can write an emoji if you want. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be staring like, what is the, <laughs> what is the cucumber? This is awesome. All right. Show, show notes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to lose if you get there and you're like, show what notes? I don't have any notes to show. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I need it with a verb? <laughs> Show my work. <laughs> so ambiguous. <laughs> Somehow. All right. Talk, okay, we're we're going to get on the other side of this one. <laughs> so much after dark for this episode. <laughs> I can actually listen to all to one of our episodes all the way through, so I can actually like hear mix into the after dark. Oh God, it, it gets insane. Some of them are just <laughs> incredible. Uh, all right, drink some water here. <laughs> this picture of P.L. Travers is like totally not, not the picture I imagined to see. <laughs> what is she doing? She's like sitting Appearing down or the role something. Of somebody in a Midsummer's Night Dream. Oh, huh. Uh, 
Tatiana? I think we're, we may, okay. We're getting sidetracked. We're literally getting sidetracked. All right. Now. Okay. Sidetracked. All right. Let's get back on that. All right. We're, like, we're, we're recording us looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> the worst podcast ever. 